Hello, friends. It's Jim Nansen. It's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the player swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, well, thanks for the intro there, Jim Nance. I always appreciate it. And I've got a really good show lined up for you. We've got the LPGA Tour restart coming up here in this next week in Toledo, Ohio, the LPGA Drive-On Championship, 54-hole event. These ladies have been waiting, what, four-plus months to get back out there. Creatures of habit. They're ready to rock and roll. So I was able to hunt down a couple really top players, and we're talking about major champion in Angela Stanford, of course, she's made six Solheim Cup appearances, recently named a assistant captain for Pat Hurst's U.S. team for this year. A lot of awesome advice from her when it comes to our swing and how we can practice. And, of course, so many good stories from past uh, Solheim Cups and, of course, her major win at the Evian in, in France and just a lot of fun things coming from uh, Angela Stanford. The other interview will be Nellie Corda, number two in the world. If you, you're looking for a player that's going to give you a ton of good practice advice, warm-up advice for the range, she's got some pretty insightful stuff, especially when it comes to bunker play. She's a top 30 player the last couple years. Really good advice about the bunker shots. And, of course, iron plate, too. She's top 10 when it comes to greens and regulation. So she gives some really good thoughts about what we should be thinking over an iron shot, over a driver swing. What should we be really kind of thinking about as we're about to pull the trigger on driver? So some very fun stuff from her, of course. So the emotion of her first win, what that felt like. Kind of looking back on uh, on some things early on in her young career but definitely a number two player in the world in the rolex rankings right now she is a player to look out for she's pumped up ready to roll a really good guest and i actually had her on the phone it was not my normal zoom conversation so the quality's not going to quite be as ideal but really you're not going to want to miss the advice that she has for you and some of the fun stories she has. Of course, always joshing and uh, always giving her sister a hard time. So many fun uh, stories about her older sister, uh, Jessica. And, of course, Jessica's been out there a few years more than, than Nellie has. But really, a fun couple interviews here. We're going to get straight to it with Angela Stanford. My guest today, Angela Stanford, one-time major winner on the LPGA Tour. She's been out there since 2001. It's uh, quite a career for her. And Angela, how are you doing this morning? Doing good. Doing good. I'm, I'm excited about next week. So um, it's hard to, hard to sleep these days. It's like uh, getting ready for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, well, with the LPGA Restart, obviously the Drive-On Championship in Toledo, Ohio, um, what is kind of the the thought process going in? You you're off for so many months, four or five months. I mean, it's it's got to be quite a buildup for this, right? Yeah, I you know I started thinking I can't remember a time in my golf career that I ever took this much time off. I mean, even in junior golf or high school golf, 
I mean, I would take a couple of months off for different sports, but you always come back to golf. Um, so I've, I've never gone five or six months without competing. And, and actually I've only played three competitive tournaments since October last year. So <laughs> it's been That's quite crazy. a change, but uh, I'm excited to get going again. Yeah. Well, you left your house um, for your trip to the Drive-On Championship. Tell the listeners what happened. <laughs> so if you know me, you know that, I mean, I started packing three nights ago. Um, I, I was coming up to Louisville, Kentucky to spend some time with one of my friends before going to Toledo. So I made a list. Each night I was packing a little bit because we're going to Scotland also. So I have different stuff for Scotland. I mean, I, I thought I'm going to remember everything. I'm not going to forget a thing. Everything's in the car uh, the night before. Basically, I just had to throw a couple bags in. Um, and for whatever reason, I, I put my club, I have like a golf closet in my garage. So I never like to have my clubs in my car if I don't have to put them there. And I knew the night before, I'm like, just put them in the car. Like, you're going to forget them, but just put them in the car now. And I didn't. So put them back in my golf closet, get up the next morning. I mean, I was leaving like at 7 a.m. So throw the last couple of bags in the car and making sure everything's okay with my house. Pull out of the driveway and, you know, just thinking about, wow, here we go again. And I don't even know why I thought about it, but I got literally 15 minutes down the road and I thought, I guess I, I was thinking about playing golf here in Louisville and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't have my clubs. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> just freaked out. Like I didn't even know what to do. I just pulled over on the side of the road and I'm like, I just sat there and then I just started dying laughing. Cause I'm like, I cannot believe I worked so hard to pack for this trip. And then I left the most important part. <laughs> oh what did you think of the, of the social media reaction to what you tweeted there? I, you know, I love when people, you know, everybody was so funny and so nice about it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just think, I mean, I spent the whole day laughing about it. So if I can have, if I can help people out there get a good laugh, then, um, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, we're professional golfers, but man, you, you know, it's weird that sometimes you just forget things. <laughs> Well, I'm curious too, like what, have you ever forgot your clubs in any other scenario, family vacation, growing up, anything? One other time, but I was just simply going to practice. So literally I've done this two times in my life and I don't know, I, I think because the whole time I just kept thinking there are so many things I have to remember for these five weeks. And then it's just, I know it's going to be completely different. You know, we're all the testing we're going to have to do. I'd done my test two days ago, so I was waiting for that result. Like, just a lot of things that we don't usually think about that we're having to think about. So um, I, I'm going to blame it on that instead of just having a, I don't know if it's a blonde moment or an aging moment. I'm not sure which one it is, but uh, I'm going to blame it on everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about a different reality with testing and so much that once you get there, like, what are you expecting, um, you know, for, for this LPGA Tour restart? You know, I know our tour has put in a lot of time uh, to, to do this correctly. Um, I'm not sure what to expect. Uh, I've, you know, again, I've done my one test that you have to do before you leave home, and, and that process was very easy. So I'm expecting the same thing when I get on site, testing-wise. Um, obviously, with more people 
you know, coming to, so there may be a wait. Um, I don't know. I, I've obviously none of us have ever done this. So I think we all have to be extremely patient um, and just appreciate the fact that we're getting to play. Yeah. Yeah. And five straight weeks. I mean, when was the last time you played five straight weeks? I, you know, again, I haven't done this in a while either, but I'm so excited. I told my caddy, I'm like, don't hold this against me. I'm telling you, I'm excited to play five weeks right now. So in the fifth week when I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. Don't be like, hey, remember, you said you were excited for these five weeks. (laughs) LPGA and then also just um, growing up, like playing the game. What has been some of the more rewarding friendships that you've made in the game of golf? Oh, you know, I've met some of the best people through golf. Um, Just, you know, my closest friends. I mean, even, you know, the opportunity to get to drive through Louisville and hang out with one of my best friends and um, get to play some golf here in Louisville. I mean, things like that, that you just, you know, you don't know where life's going to take you. And I've made some of my very best friendships through golf. And um, I don't know, just golf people are just great people. So very fortunate to get to do this my whole life. Well, one of the real big events for the women's golf, the Solheim Cup, and you've been such a big part of that six times as a player. And then recently, last month, being named assistant captain. How special is that for you? Um, And plus, we're going to that. You're going to that course uh, this coming week. Yeah, so cool that our our tour was able to allow us to play. And and now we have the opportunity to go play Inverness before Solheim next year. I'm so excited. I can't wait to, to play the golf course and see the golf course. Um, but it was a big deal when, when Pat asked me to be her, her assistant. Um, that's a big deal, it's, and it's an honor. And, you know, I've always looked up to Pat, have a tremendous amount of respect for Pat. Um, so I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And, I, you know, I still get chills because it's a big deal and it's a big honor. What's your favorite Solheim memory in terms of what brings out the most emotion when you look back now? Uh, it has to be 2015 um, for, you know, for, and even, you know, talking about my, my first one in 03, like they're all very special. Um, winning in 2007 in Sweden uh, when we hadn't won overseas in a while, but, but 15 stands out because we were so far behind going to singles and, and getting the opportunity to beat Suzanne on 17 um, that Sunday will be something that I would just, you just can't forget it. Um, and it was just one of the coolest moments with the team there and all my family and friends. And uh, that, that Solheim is, it's going to be hard to beat that one. Yeah. Well, there's a, a new addition to the Solheim Cup team, at least another assistant captain. Michelle, we got named yesterday uh, to join. How cool is that? I know you've spent some time with her in, in many Solheims. Yeah. Um, you know, Michelle is just, she, she just brings a different perspective. Um, Every time, every team I've been a part of with Michelle, I've had a great time. Um, She has a, she's just, she's unique. You know, there are just players out there that I'll never forget in 2009, we were playing a practice round and she hit this eight iron on whatever hole we were playing. And I don't know if she made it or if it was a tap in. And I just remember thinking, you know, that was different. So when you're around Michelle, you play with Michelle, you just know that she's different. so she is going to be a great addition. And, you know, we were in the same pod in 2015. So, uh, and Pat was our, our pod mom, as Michelle likes to call her. So, um, yeah, I think we, we're going to have a great, our, our chemistry is going to be great. And I'm excited that she's an assistant. 
then I, I also wanted to ask you kind of about a little bit of tips for us weekend hacks, us weekend amateur golfers. When you see us get to the range, and I know we should budget more time when we get there, but but what is what what should be the focus of our warm up? You know, I think uh, wedges. You know, I think if you could, you know, either start with your sand wedge, pitching wedge, and not only does that help your tempo, um, you're not going to just jump. You're you're going to jump out there, and, and you're not going to be hitting drivers right away. Um, so you're getting loose. You're working on your tempo. And at the same time, maybe you find out how far you hit that wedge. <laughs> um, so it's threefold, really. So uh, it's really just about getting loose and finding some rhythm and tempo. And at the same time, um, let's let's find out how far you hit some of your wedges. Yeah. Well, for you, like, what is the length of your warm up typically? Has it changed much over the years? And and what does it look like just for, for an overall warm up? Um, I usually take about an hour, but. I've, I've been learning quite a bit in these five months off. So I think my warm is going to change quite a bit. I think I'm going to spend more time uh, with my wedges uh, because I learned that, that it really, really affects my tempo for my round. Um, so I'm going to try something a little different this time out, um, these five weeks. And I, I'm just going to spend more time doing uh, wedge work and, you know, maybe hit a few drivers and then go, but I always putt, I always chip, but, I think my range time hasn't always been very purposeful. So um, I'm going to try to use these five months off that I've had to, to do something different this time around. <laughs> it's interesting when you say purposeful, when it comes to getting a feel for the greens, getting a feel for our short game, what could we be doing for, for good purpose and good consequence um, when we're warming up in that regard? You know, I think, especially when it comes to putting, um, I think you should hit some some short ones to start out with, um, just to to see the ball going in the hole, to hear the ball going in the hole, and then just gradually back up. Um, again, for the weekend golfers, you know, you don't have to spend 30 minutes putting and warming up. Um, you know, maybe just spend five, 10 minutes, hit some short ones, hit some three-footers, some six-footers, some nine-footers, and just kind of slowly work your way out, five, 10 minutes, um, and then go chip a few. You know, just hit some short ones, hit some bump and runs, um, and maybe just take a few balls and use a couple different clubs. Uh, hit one with one wedge, hit a bump and run, hit a higher shot. Um, and then, again, you're, you're, you're using your fill, and you're, you know, you're getting that warmed up. So then when you go to the range, you know, then you hit a few wedges. I just think that sometimes people get overwhelmed and you think that you have to spend an hour warming up like professionals do or whatever. But I mean, really five, 10, 15 minutes putting five, 10, 15 minutes chipping. And then, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes warming up and that's max. I mean, and you can shorten that. So, but I think you have to hit all those areas. Um, I see all kinds of people just go straight to the range, hit like 10, you know, 10 minutes worth of golf balls. And then they go throw, a few balls down, they hit a few putts and they go, <laughs> did I just describe you? <laughs> well, you're close. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we try so many different things and, and uh, try to see what sticks. And a lot of times nothing does. Um, but when we get out there and we get ready for the first tee, there's so many jitters, maybe even when we're playing a new course, how would we best get rid of those jitters? 
Uh, again, that kind of goes back to your tempo and driving range. I mean, that, that has a lot to do with it. So hitting wedges and just getting comfortable with your tempo. And then, you know, believe it or not, uh, I've been a professional 20 years now. And when I get on the first tee, I'm literally uh, the last thing I say to myself, even, I mean, Solheim Cups, U.S. Opens, you name it. You know, the thing, the last thing I say to myself is this is just one of many shots today. So let's just go ahead and make this one good because we're going to hit a ton more golf shots today. So let's just get this first one in the fairway and get going. Because sometimes you make it more important than the other ones, but really it's just one of, you know, the 18 holes you're going to play. So don't, don't make it more important than everything else. Yeah, definitely. Well, you mentioned bigger events, Solheim Cups. Of course, you won your major um, there in France couple years back how how cool was it like are there a couple images that really stick with you from from that final day yeah you know I think the whole week um and really it was the Friday afternoon because I played late on Friday so I was early late that week um and as we were walking to 18 the sky was just so beautiful and you have Lake Geneva out there and um, it was just kind of one of those moments where, and I mean, my favorite time to play on a golf course is early evening. So there's just something very peaceful about it. And, and I remember walking up to the 18th green that Friday afternoon thinking, there's just something so peaceful about this. And, and then Saturday was a good day. And then Sunday, obviously, the shot on 15 um, into the green for the eagle putt. I'll never forget that. Um, and even the the drive on 18, that was probably the best drive I'd ever hit on that on that hole in my life. So uh, some really good memories from that week. Yeah. Well, you mentioned 20 years on the LPGA Tour. For a lot of my listeners that would be listening, how did you really kind of break into golf and, and get into it as a sport? It was more my dad. Um, so growing up, I played everything, basketball, softball, volleyball. I mean, you name it, I wanted to play. Um, tennis. I think I played tennis before golf and he had found out that there were women's scholarships being left on the table at the time. Um, and I think it was his way not only to get back on the golf course, because when, when we were born, I have a younger brother, my mom was like, no more golf. <laughs> so I think my dad figured out, well, if he takes me, she can't say no. So I think he was killing two birds with one stone because he got to play golf again. And then we worked towards a scholarship, which I ended up getting at TCU. And of course, all those years at TCU and um, a lot of people speak highly. I, I know Pat Hurst has sp spoken highly about your passion during your two TCU years, but then of course for the red, white, and blue during the Solheim cup. I mean, wh where does that come from? I just, I guess growing up on teams, like I, I love team sports. I love, you know, having teammates and knowing that you're playing for each other. And, and at TCU, I was playing for TCU. And when we get in Solheim Cup, not only am I playing for those other ladies, but I'm playing for the red, white, and blue. So for me, it's just always playing for something other than myself was always, I don't know, it just, it means a lot to me. Um, and that's what I tell people, you know, you have forever to play for yourself if you're going to be a professional golfer, it's really just you. Uh, so enjoy team sports, enjoy college golf, because golf is a game that, you know, if you play professionally, it's just you. So I, any chance I get to play with a team, I, I try to. Mm. It's interesting when you talk about team. So Solheim, of course, your major win, all your LPGA wins. Do you look back on TV or like on a screen after the fact 
couple years later and just really remember like, wow, gosh, that was one of my favorite moments. Like, you know, it just feels different watching on TV. Yeah, I, you know, even it's funny now when I look back at like 2003 um, and winning my first tournament and being in the playoff in the open the very next week, it seems like a lifetime ago. Um, and I, and I'm kind of watching myself thinking I, I, it, it's just weird because I, it doesn't seem like me. Um, cause it, you know, you just grow and you learn. And, and I remember every time I watched the ShopRite from 03 or that open from 03, it's like, I just want to like somehow get through the TV and tell that 25 year old person that I was, Hey, be patient. <laughs> There's so many things I wish I could tell myself back then, but um, yeah, I think when, when you watch, you know, highlights or things from the past, it, they're just, they're great memories. And, um, I've, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of great memories. Oh, I'd imagine with, with that career. Um, l- let me do some quick fire here with you real quick. Favorite all time movie. Favorite all time movie. Ocean's 11. Ocean's 11. Favorite all time actor. Julia Roberts. Okay. Uh, what about TV show? What's the mo- what's the most uh, binge watch TV show that you did during uh, this this pandemic? Uh, you know, I'm just gonna stick with Friends because I watch Friends all the time. Like I go to bed watching Friends, so it doesn't matter if I've been watched seven seasons of Mad Men. I'm still watching all ten of Friends all the time. <laughs> <laughs> How about sports non golf events? So your favorite sporting event that you've either watched on TV or attended. Um, non-golf Rose Bowl 2011 when TCU beat Wisconsin (laughs) you still got a smile on your face from that one huh (laughs) Uh, what about favorite all-time band or musician or are there a couple of them oh um, I gotta go with my boy Pat Green Texas country (laughs) okay Um, well, okay. Well, we've got the rapid fire finish there and, and really just lastly in wrapping up, um, what did you learn kind of the most from, from your time, you know, at home over these last four or five months and what did you miss the most about the LPGA? You know, that the first part of that question is really hard because I think it's like anything in life. You, you think you're prepared. Um, and I think I learned quite a bit, but you'd never really know until you get to apply it. So um, I think I've learned to, to have more of a routine. I think that's the one thing that maybe I didn't do very well all my years on tour is I, I probably didn't get enough sleep and I, you know, I just didn't have a very good routine. So I'm going to try to have a better routine uh, once I get back out on the road. Um, and, you know, the thing that I missed the most, it was just competing. I mean, there's nothing like it. You know, you can practice for five, six months, but if you don't have that test and you don't have that tournament to find out, you know, in the heat of the moment, how, you know, if all of what you're doing is working, then, you know, you can practice forever, but it's that thrill of getting inside the ropes and teeing it up that I've missed the most. Angela, really good uh, spending some time with you and uh, obviously looking forward to the restart here in a few days now. I was so scared you were about to say, what did you learn from forgetting your golf clubs? <laughs> <laughs> like, I have learned I need to write that down on my list too, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Only the most important part of your whole five-week trip <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to Scotland and everywhere else. So. <laughs>
But yeah, thanks, thanks again for coming on, Angela. I appreciate it. Thank you. A really enjoyable time right there with Angela Stanford. Of course, she's been on the LPGA Tour for 20 years and really in a different position than Nellie Corda, my next guest. Nellie's, of course, been out there since 2017, so she's a lot younger in her career. She's number two in the world already. Shows you how she's been playing uh, leading into the break and, and where she's at confidence-wise. Nellie has some really fun insight again this was an interview we did she was in the car uh, driving uh, back from concession uh, to her home in florida and so obviously the quality is not as ideal as we like but listen awesome stuff you're going to hear from her some good stories too and she's really got some good insights about the mental game and what we can do to prepare for our rounds so We'll take it away. Here's Nellie Corda on Beyond the Clubhouse. Nellie, for you, obviously, three-time LPGA Tour winner. You've been out there since 2017 as your rookie season. Number two in the Rolex ranking. To have an event on the calendar now, the LPGA Drive-On Championship starting in July, July 31st at Inverness in Ohio, um, it's got to be nice to have something on the calendar, right? Yeah, I mean... I'm so ready to just get going. I've, um, I'm pretty tired of uh, Sarasota, Florida, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure, like, with, with being a, a professional golfer, you're a creature of habit, right? I mean, you know, you know what you're doing typically during the, the season and, and, and your, your, your normal habits, your normal routine. So what is it like to deal with a long break? I mean, you haven't played tournament golf since Australia in February. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's been crazy. I've been a type of person that I've always been really, like, schedule-oriented. Like, okay, I have 10 days to practice. In two weeks, I am I'm flying out. You know, I've always had something set in stone. And now, like, when we're like, okay, like, we still had Arizona back at, a couple months ago. We still were going to play Arizona and the West Coast in um, California. And a week before we were supposed to fly out, all of that got canceled. So... I mean, it's definitely been interesting. Um, it's new to me. I'm definitely a person that likes to have stuff set in stone, very schedule-oriented. So I've uh, I've actually really enjoyed my time at home. You know, I, as we're always on the road and we don't really get to see our family and friends so much, it's definitely been nice to just kind of chill and spend some time at home. Well, speaking of your time at home, all of us, everybody around the country, around the world has spent more time with family, friends during this time, or at least within social distancing norms. Um, but what have you been able to do at home? Maybe uh, just any kind of new activities, any new hobbies or, or things with family? Well, um, I actually just moved into a place by myself for the first time. So I've been trying to get my apartment kind of ready interior designing which okay is not easy by the way <laughs> there's too many options out in the world um but you know actually my boyfriend he plays for the edmonton oilers and he was he spent his kind of he we quarantined together so it was kind of nice to spending time with him but other for hobbies really not much <laughs> oh no it is it mostly about the move and about kind of your golf game or? 
Yeah, I've um, thankfully in my area. So I live in Sarasota, Florida, and I practice out at the concession club. They never closed, so I was always practicing. You know, I I didn't practice. Let's say six days a week. I would practice like four because you don't want to overdo it. And there's only so much that you can practice until you go actually insane. Um, <laughs> so I I've been working out. I've been just kind of I've had a routine every day, and I think that's what's really important for, for me to have a routine because if I didn't, I would definitely go insane. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us can relate to that, just not having consistent routines, whether some of us haven't been working or or if our work has changed um, during this, this break. But obviously, you always spend, um, spend so much time with your sister, and, and you guys have done a lot during the break, and uh, your sister, older sister, Jessica. Um, she's made it clear that when it comes to phones, um, you spend a lot more time on the phone than she does. And uh, I was just curious, what what are the biggest BS. <laughs> that's the biggest BS I've ever heard. <laughs> oh no! Well, according to I think it was a Hallie Ledbetter interview you guys did. Um, she had asked both of you as you guys had your eyes closed, "Hey, wh- who spends more time on uh, on their phones?" And I and she pointed to you, and I think you pointed to yourself as well. <laughs> so I would so say that I would spend a. I think it's okay. So we've been together. For, I think like a week throughout the entire quarantine she drove over to the other side because she lives in Jupiter area and the time I spent with her she's definitely spent a lot of time on her phone so I don't know I think it's pretty um, even <laughs> the race is getting a little closer huh yeah exactly I mean well we know you're very active on social media um, what are three apps you can't live without um Probably Instagram, um, any type of weather app because, you know, golfers are also like weather. Oh, I'm like a weather woman as well. <laughs> and uh, uh, obviously probably I would say FaceTime. I FaceTime a lot, especially being on the road so much. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a fun one for everybody. Just, you know, especially like, in families too, you know, between parents and kids that are further apart and um, definitely uh, understand where you're coming from there. Um, well, I mentioned Jessica, what's, what's her favorite story? She's been out on tour six years longer than you since 2011, but what's a favorite yeah. story of when you beat your sister, Jessica at golf uh, on a golf course? What, what's kind of your go-to or one of your favorite stories uh, beating Jessica there at golf? I think my favorite is actually my first event out. Um, we played Bahamas in 2017, and we both didn't play great the first two days, and we were actually playing, she was playing behind me. And I, on Saturday, I shoot 10 under, and in she's always so supportive. Like, I love my sister. It's also We're pretty competitive, but at the end of the day, we're also super supportive of each other. And, um, you know, she was, when I made that birdie putt on 18 to shoot 10 under, you could see her, like, dancing in the background. And I just remember her telling me, she was like, I was so excited for you that I almost forgot to hit my shot. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So I think that's one of my, yeah, that's my favorite story for sure. 
Well, and that's one of the things I love the most about golf, Nelly. It's just, it's the shared passion, you know what I mean? Like the camaraderie of the game, you know, whether it's with your sister or, or for, for all of us, the friendships we make on the golf course uh, or because of golf, right? Um, <laughs> they're pretty cool. Uh, for for yeah, you, sure. w- w- what are what are a couple uh, friendships you've made because of golf that, that really stand out, um, wh- whether it's with people who aren't in the golf world, maybe celebrities or or even um, just fellow golfers? Um, well, starting out on tour, I mean, obviously, from my sister. <laughs> That's an automatic. But I'm really close with um, Megan King. She's definitely one of my best friends. And uh, my my sister and I are super lucky to have the same kind of group of friends, so we all hang around each other. Um, but for, like, other athletes that I've met through golf, the tournament that we have, Diamond Resorts, that we play with, like, other athletes is really cool. i gotten really close with Kevin Millar and uh, uh, Derek Lowe. Actually, my caddy is going to caddy for Derek in one of their other events um, coming up. So we've all actually um, grown pretty close through that event. Yeah, there's well, I'm glad you mentioned some of those characters. I see Kevin Millar, if you look on his social media, he's already at Tahoe with his four kids, all under 14, and his wife. He loves that week um, for the American yeah. Century Championship. Uh, that I think that's the one you're referring to, the, the Tahoe celebrity. Yeah. Right, um, yeah. But Kevin Millar, what is it like playing with him? Uh, this, how animated does he get out there? How into into the sport is Kevin Millar? <laughs> Oh my God, he is amazing. I think he's by far one of my favorite people. He uh, he's like a ball of energy, and he's always so positive. And I swear to God, he has the whitest teeth ever. <laughs> the whitest teeth I've ever seen. <laughs> What's the secret, right? I know. I haven't. I haven't asked, but maybe I will next year. Both playing. But what's the strength of his game? Like, what really stands out when you see him play? He hits it pretty far. I remember the first year I played with him last year. Um, he had like that baseball swing where he would finish on his back foot, and I gave him a drill to do. And he would send me a couple of videos on Instagram telling me that he's working on it. And then when I played with him actually last year or this year, um, he his swing got a lot better. So I think that like. I think for sure he, uh, his strength is his, um, his distance. Well, yeah, a baseball player with that kind of uh, that kind of built-in strength already is gonna gonna have something like that. Uh, another baseball player you've played with in the past, uh, Mark Mulder. You know, what is what is his game like, and and how much uh, passion excitement does he have uh, when he gets inside the ropes? So I played with Mark the first day last year of the Diamond Resort, and I swear to God, he shot a better score than I did, and I was so intimidated. I legit went up to him. I was like, I don't know if you're the pro or I'm the pro, but you're amazing at golf. (laughs) It's crazy crazy that when they, like, retire, they also get so good at another sport. Because, like, when you're an athlete, that competitiveness, like, I guess you have to drive it into something else. So, like, you started getting really good at golf because you never lose that competitiveness. You just have to kind of focus it into something else. And he did with golf, and he, he is so good. 
Yeah, I mean, even uh, Kevin Streelman, the PGA Tour pro, uh, talked to him recently. He said that Mark carries at 330 off the tee. How do you compete with that, right? I know, exactly. It's crazy. And they putt well. They do everything well. You're just like, gee. <laughs> well, another baseball player that you've, you've played with in the past, Roger Clemens, um, you know, he, he, he loves the game. I've seen him at the American Express over there in Palm Springs. He's played – that event, he's played American Century Championship in Tahoe, the Diamond Resorts. He's played with you. What is it like inside the ropes with him? Does he have a lot of body English on his shots? Does he get pretty pumped up? I have to say that he is actually really intimidating when you first get to meet him, but he's actually super nice. He, he was a lot of fun to play with. I played with him twice this year during the four-day event. And uh, I really enjoyed my time with him. He's a lot of fun. He's a pretty good, decent, good golfer as well. How would you describe his swing? I would say it's pretty good. I so long ago now that I can't really remember, but I remember, I, I'm pretty sure it was pretty good. I think it was pretty short and tight, though. A lot of baseball players are pretty; their bodies are pretty tight, so they have a lot of short swings. Yeah. And really compact. Um, another yeah. athlete, I, I don't know if his swing's shorter or not, but what about, like, the former tennis player Marty Fish? Like, I know you've got some big tennis connections with your family and stuff, but how excited does he get for the game? Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun to play with Marty as well. I played with Marty and uh, Mark the first day uh, last year in the Diamond Resorts. And between the two of them, I was like, I'm Pretty, I was in shock with how good they are. But um, it was cool because, you know, we could talk about tennis. So it was a lot of fun to play with. When you talk about tennis, like, were, was it about, uh, like, major major tournaments, Grand Slam events, or was it kind of about the similarities between tennis and golf? I would say a bit of both. I mean, my brother, my younger brother, plays professional tennis, so we talked about him a little, and then he's also the captain of Davis Cup, so we talked about that and how excited he was to go, um, I, don't, I think it was, it was to Australia at that time. So between those four players I just asked you about, Mark Mulder, Marty Fish, Kevin Millar, Roger Clemens, uh, who who gets the most, uh, who shows the most emotions on their sleeve while they're playing uh, golf? Um, I think they they all do. They're all pretty similar. Uh, I would say the guy that doesn't is Derek Lowe. I think he's the least amount. He's just like he's so talented and he hits it so straight that he's just so calm on the golf. He's like, oh, made a double. Oh well. Oh, made a birdie. Oh well. <laughs> like you know, it's just. <laughs> It's actually really cool to see how calm they are. They just know that no matter what, they're going to play well. Well, speaking of calm and knowing you're going to play well, I mean, if you are ranked number two in the Rolex ranking, you've been playing well over the last couple of years. Um, for you, as you get ready for a round of golf, pre-round warm-up with the clubs on the range practice areas, what is the focus of that typically for you, Nellie? It's more you're working on your strike out there and your timing, really. For me, it's more of tempo. And um, also, you know, you play all over the world and the grass is 
different everywhere. So you're just trying to get your strike down. Um, but for me, I typically start like an hour five before my tea time. Make sure my body's loose, blood's flowing through all my muscles, all my joints. And uh, I start off with pitches, and then I work my way up through the bag. But I mainly just work on strike, and then on the putting green, I just like to I do like a drill because your eye, eye line and eyesight change every single day. So you may see the ball and your line differently every single day. So doing like a line drill is really important before you're on just like maybe five minutes, a couple putts here and there, and then work on your distance. And what's that kind of line drill that you're thinking of? Is it like, uh, are you using a couple aids that help you with that or, or, or no? No, it's just like a chalk line. Uh, you can get it at Lowe's or Home Depot. It's legit a chalk line and you try to find a straight putt and you roll some putts down that chalk line. Gotcha. And when, when you're on that range warming up, like what, you know, do you have a set number of, of drivers you want to hit? Do you have a set number of like longer iron shots? No, not at all. I'm more of like a feel. Like if I feel like it's good, then I move up. You know, feel that I've hit some good shots, that my strike was good, then I'll move up. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That, that we're responding to how you're how you're playing that day. Yeah. It's all about confidence. You know, golf is majority of it is confidence. So if you get your confidence and your strike down on the range, then you know you're like, okay, he's really good on the range. Like, I can definitely do it out here. Right. Well, for amateurs, us recreational weekend golfers, when we show up to a course, um, yes, we want to get that confidence, right? But but what can we do best to prep for our round? I would say go to the course with a routine. You know, people... I feel like people get really messed up with trying a bunch of, like, different things. Well, if you're consistent and you have a routine and you do that every single day, it won't get better right away, but eventually over time it's going to get better. Like, you can't make changes and expect to see a result right away. You know, you have to – it's all about consistency. Gotcha, yeah, consistency. And how can we – I guess as that relates with our routine to maybe let, let's take bunker bunker shots, for example. You finished in the top 30, Nelly, in the last couple of years in sand saves. And I know for a lot of us, um, regular golfers, we, uh, recreational golfers, like it, it's stressful going into a round of golf and being ready to hit shots out of the bunker. So what can we be doing to be prepared as we can for bunker shots? I think my favorite drill to do out of the bunker, again, bunkers are all about strike. Like, my coach makes me hit bunker shots every single day and just focus on strike of the ball and how it sounds. So I would say uh, one of my favorite drills is to um, draw kind of in the sand, like, a, a line an inch behind the ball and try to strike it there. Because a lot of people, you know, they either get it too chunky or they hit the ball first and it's a top. So making sure you strike the ball like an inch behind it and getting more of the sand, and that's how you get your feel hot, your height. And do we want to hit like a certain number to get us that confidence with the strike behind the ball? No, I mean, you just need to – it doesn't matter about the distance, I would say. I would just focus on 
strike, and then you can start focusing on distance. Like, you don't want to focus on distance. You first want to focus on strike, get your strike down, and then you can start focusing on everything else. It's like when you start playing golf, like, as a kid, the first thing you do, you don't go to the range, like, for some people. Like, if you take it, like, for me, I would say the first thing I ever did was work on fundamentals with my coach. And it doesn't matter about the strike, but when you get your fundamentals down, then everything is so much easier. So when it comes to bunkers, you need to get your strike down. You need to make sure you're using the bounce of the club so you're opening your face and you're striking it well. And then you can focus on how far it goes. Right, and the results, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, you you preach fundamentals. That's a really good point, Nelly. So when it comes to fundamentals for us recreational golfers on the driving range and we're hitting our iron shots and are hitting our drivers, um, what kind of fundamentals do we want to be checking as we kind of get prepared for our round, as we kind of check ourselves? Do we want to catch some of it on video so we have something to reflect or, 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 or do we just need to take mental notes? I would say, obviously, video. I like to look back at my swings from, like, years prior. But, the obviously, when you – the first thing you want to check is if you're gripping it correctly. You know, it makes a huge difference, your grip, because you could either be too weak or too strong, and then it obviously affects the face of the club. So, grip, stance, where your weight is. Like, those are just, like, the fundamentals. have the fundamentals of golf. Like, it's so much easier to work on um, consistency, and it's so much easier to work on shooting lower numbers and just, like, all of that. Right. Yeah, the scores that everybody's – even us amateurs, we're so obsessed with the scores and the numbers. (laughs) It's crazy. When it comes to chipping uh, before a round, uh, what's a good – thought we want to have before we before we make the strike or, or, or before we get to the first hole knowing hey we're feeling confident with our chipping that day um I would say what I work on before my uh, rounds would be not to move my head so much you have to be pretty still in um in chipping and not to lose your angles in your legs like, a lot of people get straight legs when they hit it, and then obviously they either chunk it, they move their head too much, or they top it. I would say being still with your body is very important in chipping. Mm. So it's, it's, that's going to help get that consistent strike, right, for, for what you're Correct. looking for? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, what about um, when we look at um, – Greens and regulation for you has been pretty good. 2019, you were third on the LPGA Tour. So, obviously, you're you're driving it well. You're hitting great iron shots to give yourself uh, hitting, to hit those greens. What is kind of a thought you have, Nelly? Um, I know every iron shot is different, right? It's not the same situation. But typically, what's kind of a go-to swing thought for you as you get over an iron shot? Uh, so, obviously, every person has different tendencies. And I, with my coach, we try to keep my swing as simple as it possibly gets. So uh, one of my tendencies is that I move my legs a little too much, so irons or wood. So I just try to keep my lower body a little more still. Gotcha. Yeah, getting a third uh, on the LPGA and, and grains of regulation is a pretty good spot. Um, 
What about, I mean, driving distance has been good for you. Obviously, you're eight this year. You were 16th uh, the year before. Um, with a driver, like what, what, what's a good swing thought? Is it similar to, to what you think about with your, with your iron shots, or, or is it slightly different because it's a, a, a bigger swing? Driver is different to iron because you're putting a different swing on a driver than you are on iron because iron's try to attack the ground. While with a driver, you're trying to hit up on it a little more, so it's a different feeling. But what the swing thoughts that I have with driver is uh, left shoulder to chin. Hmm. It's like a very simple thought, and it really helps me with path and everything. And that just tells you, if if you're thinking left shoulder to chin, that's just going to guide your the direction of the swing? Yeah, and also, like, the driver is a lot longer than an iron, so sometimes you have the tendency of your swing is a little too long. So when I have that feeling of shoulder to chin, I'm more consistent with how um, long my swing is. Think about the majors. Obviously, there's there's there will be some coming up later this year, but there's a major that you – had played in was actually your first major was the u.s women's open and of course you tied for 10th 2018 at shoal creek what would it mean to have a chance to win that the national championship to be honest that would be a probably a dream come true for me because when i first played in the u.s women's open i was 14 years old and walking on that range and seeing all like the top names in women's golf and Having my sister there and everything, I think that's where I fell in love with the game, and that's where I was like, okay, like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So it was like your aha moment uh, <laughs> there that yeah, that first year was open. Yeah, pretty much. So it was that tournament is, will always be one of the most special tournaments that I'll ever be able to play in. Do you remember, like, that emotion, what that was like, I guess? Like, as a player, of course, you were so young in your early teens, but w- what did that feel like, you know, with family there and and just the big stage, the red flags, right? <laughs> Everybody, the iconic dreams yeah. that you see. What is that like? It was, it was actually crazy. So I uh, I wasn't that nervous. My dad was chatting for me, but I wasn't that nervous. My uh, my first round, I was really nervous. My second round, because I was like, okay, like I have a chance to make the cut, you know. Like you have all of these things that you put into your head, and then it makes you so nervous. But it was an amazing experience. I still remember. Like I think one of my favorite moments from that event was um, there on Sunday. There was a reachable par four, and I hit my driver to like four feet, and I and I made it, and apparently like donated like twenty thousand dollars to like a children's hospital. So that was, I think that was like my favorite moment from that event. Well, yeah, because you're you're doing so much uh, for other people in, in a, a such an individual sport, right? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was an amazing feeling. Yeah. Well, and to that point that we're just making there, what is it like being in such a individual sport where it's all about you and, you know, obviously 
there's so many people that have made sacrifices, um, you know, for all the tour pros out there. But but what is it like just managing things on your own as as a solo person in a game of golf like this? It to be honest, like I would, I never do anything alone. I always have my family and my caddy and my team supporting me. So it's never really. I'm the one that's like making the pods and hitting the shots, but. It's, at the end of the day, if it wasn't for my team and if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be taking those putts, you know. So it's also still like a, a team sport in a way. Yeah. So I, it, it feels like a team, you know, my caddy Jason and I are very much so a team. Like I would not have any wins without him. Like he has made such a difference in who I am as a person and who I am on the golf course, and I'm so grateful for him. Yeah. Well, how how has he helped you on the course? Like he, did, he obviously he knows your game at this point, but like what what has he done, kind of inside the ropes that really guides you? I think obviously you know helping me out with my golf game for sure, like yardages, like making decisions. But um, I would say where he's helped me out the most is how positive of a person he is, and how he always. You know, he gives me a pep talk at the right time, and he knows when to shut up and when to speak up, pretty much. <laughs> um, but, no, he's really great, you know. it's uh, It's been a lot of fun working with him, and I've enjoyed it a lot. At this point in your young career, Nellie, uh, what stands out as, as the most, um, I don't know, emotional, exciting moment that you've, that you've reached so far? Uh, I would say probably my first win out tour. I think that was definitely the most emotional I've ever been. <laughs> I just like, even like my sister wasn't there, but she was on FaceTime, and um, I had a bunch of my friends lined up uh, next to the green, and I was I hit a really great tee shot. It was a par three. Uh, 18 hole was a par three, which was kind of cool too, but. I, like, stuck it to, like, 10 feet, and I knew that I feel the deal, kind of. And I was, like, fighting back tears, just, like, walking up to the green because, like, you know, that first win, you're, like, uh, you, you doubt yourself for so long. You're, like, can I win out here? Like, and you've worked so hard. So to finally, like, those emotions finally, like, leave your body, you're just so happy and very emotional. <laughs> Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, it's the highest level of, of your sport, too, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's and also, like, the adrenaline, the adrenaline throughout the day, like, the whole week, like, it's just, like, at that one moment, you just, like, let it all go, and you never know what's going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Were you surprised when you look on uh, on on tape, like, what, what, it, what you look like when it happened? Yeah, pretty much, because I... I don't really cry too often, so for me to see, like, tears going down my face, and then my, uh, my caddy, I just remember him hugging me, and he was like, don't cry, <laughs> like, in, like, a joking <laughs> way, like, it's okay, you don't have to cry, like, it's okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, as you get back into uh, playing competitive golf again, obviously July 31st back at the LPGA Drive-On Championship at Inverness, I'm sure you're looking forward to to having, gosh, another place to just peg it in the ground and, and get that get that uh, adrenaline going again, right? Yeah, I've missed it so much. I mean, 
It's, uh, as I said, it's definitely been very interesting um, past couple of months. I'm so used to, like, competing this time of year, walking five miles a day. <laughs> um, so it's going to be nice. I'm just so excited to get out there and see my friends, see my caddy, and just get a routine again. Thankfully, I'm, I'm sure that if you fly out of a bigger airport, um, there should be direct somewhere. So you just have to drive a little. Toledo, they don't have an airport there, so you either fly into, you fly into Detroit there, you drive an hour and a half. I don't mind it. I enjoy it. I love traveling, so um, I'm just ready to get out there again. Well, I will uh, lastly close. You, you mentioned you, you love traveling, and what is your favorite part about getting out? You get out to Australia. You get out to so many different continents. Um, what is your favorite part of, of the travel on tour? I think, uh, you know, the culture and the different types of food they have. I, I'm, a, I'm a foodie, so I love to uh, try new cuisines. Well, who doesn't? I mean, there's some really good ones, <laughs> especially where you guys stop on the LPGA Tour. Hey, Nelly, great catching up with you, and uh, thanks for joining me on uh, the Beyond the Clubhouse podcast. Thank you. appreciate it. Have fun. All right, great pod this week. My thanks to Angela Stanford. Of course, 20-year LPGA Tour career. Hard to believe it's been that long of a career for her already. And, hey, we're all happy that she brought her clubs uh, and was able to turn around and bring them now to Toledo, Ohio, for this drive-on championship. And, of course, again, Nellie Corda, number two player in the world. I hope you got a ton of advice from her. I, I made sure to ask some good questions about her iron game, her ability to hit greens, what we can do better, good mental thoughts over the ball, uh, bunker play, really uh, an insightful couple of minutes there from from what she had to share about instruction and about uh, player tips. So anyway, hope you enjoyed the pod this week. A lot of great guests coming up and always enjoy your questions. Make sure you tweet at me at Johnston Garrett and look forward to catching up again with you soon on Beyond the Clubhouse.